Welcome to the Drunk Guys Book Club, where books aren't just for school, where book clubs aren't just for women, and we have a long history of drunkenness. I'm Mike. I'm Nate. I'm Jimmy. And we're the Drunk Guys, and this week we are reading A Brief History of Drunkenness by Mark Forsythe, and we're going to start with something that's historical for us in a way. I, I don't know if we can catch the sound of this. Oh. Do it make sounds? Oh, it, it just it queefs into my nose. <laughs> <laughs> This is our. This is the first. I don't know how many episodes we have of this show at this point. This is our first forty. We're gonna have. And what's it of? It says old English brand, <laughs> eight hundred malt liquor. Notice the historical reference yes. in the name. We'll return oh, to that. It's old English. Yeah. Old with an e is eld. Yeah, shatterproof. Because when you're drinking it in a paper bag on a street corner, sometimes you drop them when the fuzz comes. I'm actually okay with that. So this is a forty. Um, I've never had. Anything out of a 40-ounce bottle of Ever? Life, actually. No. I have not either. It tastes like Budweiser. No, it's, I think it's better than Budweiser. It has like a, a distinct corn taste. It has a distinct smell. Like an aftertaste of corn. <laughs> yeah, it does taste like corn. <laughs> I wonder why that is. It's That's, really sweet. I can it tell is. you why that is. So this is not a beer. It's a malt liquor. And that is not a statement necessarily about quality. It's a statement about ingredients. Percentages. So to be legally sold as beer, I think it's 51% of the malt bill has to be, or like the source of sugar has to be malted barley. Malt liquor falls short of that. So every once in a while, you'll see like a craft beer that says malt liquor on the bottle, even though it's like... What is the it, other percent? Uh, well, adjuncts, things that are... So for the in the case of like craft beers, you know, like I was at the store... This morning, and I, not that I was getting drunk this morning, I was preparing to get drunk this morning, and they had a... It is just afternoon right now, so... It's in the afternoon, yeah, <laughs> so it's okay. <laughs> they had, uh, it was like, you know, I forget which brewery it was, but it was like Imperial Bourbon Barrel Aged Stout, and then at the bottom it says malt liquor. And it's like a 13% alcohol beer because they added a ton of sugar to it, and it's technically more sugar that they added and then malted barley, right? Is so, it the, the beginning percentages or the end percentages? So it has to do with, like, your recipe, what contributes to the alcohol that's produced. So okay. these, though, malt liquors that you think of when you think of drinking out of a paper bag are not made with, you know, Belgian candy sugar or Muscovado sugar. They're made with, like, corn or rice, which are cheap. Do they use, like, high fructose corn syrup or um, just, like, up corn? I'm not sure. Might vary. I, the thing is, beer doesn't tell you the ingredients list yeah. the same way that, um, you know, every other edible product does. I wouldn't be surprised if it's straight up. 800s in quotes. I don't know why. <laughs> why, why is that? <laughs> it's quote 800, unquote. I guess. How many 40s would you have to drink to drink 800 ounces of this? It's a math problem. 20. Is that right? Yeah. Cool. I think it is, yeah. So that's a day. <laughs> 20 40s, you'd be fucking dead. So, what does this have to do with the book besides you know getting drunk? Well, the entire purpose of a 40 is to get drunk. It is not the kind of beverage you have to sniff and savor and take notes on. Cultivate a flavor profile. Yeah, you drink these in a park when you're 16. This is a quantity over quality. That's all it is. How much alcohol is in here, by the way? Does it say? It has to say if it's under 10%. I'm sure it is. Other fine malt liquors you might find if you want to drink along at home. Colt 45. Um, Billy D. St. Ides. I don't see a percentage on this. Oh, boy. It's made by the Old English 800 Brewing Company. So why is 800 in quotes? The company is 802? It says Old English Brewing, Old English 800 Brewing Co. Oh, I thought Old English was like the brand and this was their 800. I thought it was too, but I've never seen any other Old English product. Maybe they have like a, a number for every uh, important date in British history. Did something happen in your 800? I have no idea, but maybe there's like Old English 1066 somewhere. There's Old English 1415. I bet they it's didn't put that much thought into it. What year did uh, Spice World come out? Ooh. 
Not <laughs> 800. <laughs> not 800. Oh, they're owned by Miller, apparently. That makes sense. This is 5.9% alcohol. Okay. It's drinking that OE. Well, you know what? I'm surprised. This is not as horrendous as I thought it was going to be. No, it just tastes like a big shitty beer. Yeah. It is sweet. It is... Um, I think it's better than the shit shit beers. We'll have to find an excuse to drink a lot more of the shit shit beers in the future. Okay, so the brief, a brief history of drunkenness is a nonfiction book that came out like, this year, right? Mm-hmm. 2018. Yeah, recent, if you're listening in the future, uh, that is a series of just chapters about how alcohol was consumed by different cultures throughout time. It's like a vignette of each place around the earth. Yeah, it's very anecdotal. There's like little stories and myths, and uh, very little actual history. I would put history in quotes the same way Old English puts 800 in quotes. (laughs) (laughs) It's quote history. It's like a... It's like air quotes history. step below pop history. Yeah. This is where we're insulting pop... I mean, pop history books... What do you mean by that? What's pop history? I don't know. It's a term I've heard where it's like history for the masses. Not exactly like history for people who are really into history. Academics. I mean, not academics. So I would call this a pop history book. Is he a pop historian? No, no. no, He is a legitimate I'm thinking someone else then. I don't know. He was. He's dead. Now he's actual history. Yes, um, but yeah, that's. I mean, that's a though the people's history. Of the uh, people's history of the United States was a, a big popular book, which is rare for an academic book. But that was intended was as a, like a, a textbook for like a college course set, okay. essentially. Um, yeah, more. I mean, academic history books are really fucking boring and usually very, very specific. Yeah, they are. Like a new approach to turn of the century Berlin. Like, why is there four hundred pages on that? You know, like that kind of book where pop history books are like. I mean, I don't want to sound like the World War II bathroom reader, but kind of <laughs> like that. that's the low end of that spectrum. Devil in the White City, which is a book we're going to do or have done, one of the two, <laughs> is definitely a very entertaining and it definitely really is history, but it's pop history. It's just telling you the story of what happened. And that's actually not the purpose of an academic history book. Right. There's no argument. There's no yeah. thesis per se. It's just here's the story. Whereas academic things are like, this is why whatever thing influenced this other thing. There's an element of that in pop history, I guess. Yeah. But it's not the focus. So this popular history book starts with, like, Neolithic man. Mm-hmm. And uh, thank, thank you, Ugg, for inventing alcohol. Well, not inventing alcohol. We should thank our early ancestors for eating enough slightly fermented fruit that humans evolved a capacity to... Uh, metabolize alcohol to a point that most animals can't not all of them some can can definitely drink a lot of alcohol but most definitely can't so we sort of evolved the capacity to at least drink some and have it not kill us but evolution kill us in small amounts yeah large amounts (laughs) still deadly one pint at a time it doesn't i mean i guess how far apart those pints are but evolution doesn't work in the sense where if you do something enough times your ancestors your descendants get that skill it's just no but the ones that could eat more of the fermented fruit Live and longer, not yeah, die, and would have more food, and then they would live longer also, and have more children. The ones that got drunk probably had more kids. <laughs> <laughs> also true. I, th- I just think it's important to point out, because I feel like actually most people don't understand how natural selection works. I would say that's true, yeah. They think, you know... Especially like, in the South. And also because Earth. the Earth is only 6,000 years old in the South. Well, I mean, it's an all natural selection from God. Oh, <laughs> we could do all the natty books for the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> natty beers for the Bible. Then the author makes the case, or, tr- or starts to make the case, and I've heard this other places too, that a civilization actually developed specifically to brew alcohol, Bullshit. because, which I also agree with, but he's trying to say that, you know, it wasn't the purpose of culti- living in one place and cultivating any crop at all was to cultivate grain so you could brew beer out of it. That's what he's saying. Bullshit. I'm sorry. Bullshit. 
I don't know if you heard me the first. I think it's bullshit. I don't agree with that at all. Because okay, why? First of all, not every civilization has fucking grain, so that's stupid. You can make rice wine. You can make alcohol out of anything that has sugar. You can make it out of goddamn potatoes. The 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 people of Central and South America they had no fucking wheat. They had no. They had corn. Sure, you can make alcohol out of that. But everybody they had potatoes. It's true. Yeah. And Suck according that, to Ireland. so, I'm going to slightly disagree with you. All civilizations, once they actually became a civilization, they actually did have grain. It is the only way to feed that many people. Well, what do you mean by grain now? Are we, are oh, we right. define, so, redefining what grain is? Because I mean, grain usually means like wheat, oats, flax, those, those were tall the, grasses. Those were the European ones. Okay, so that's a grain. Corn is actually in that same family. Okay. And potatoes, obviously not. But you can, but that was... Rice. But it's very starchy. It has a, a bunch sure. of the same qualities. Could you, you generalize know. it to say everybody has... Food. A starchy carbohydrate thing to eat. Yeah, totally. I think you could, and because you literally you cannot have run a civilization only on fruit because it doesn't keep long enough without refrigeration, and you definitely couldn't do it just on fruits and vegetables. You couldn't do it just on meat because you have to feed your 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 cows something, and usually it was the grain. Well, hold on, don't the the Mongolian uh, herders they eat primarily meat because the animals turn the grass, which is inedible to humans into meat essentially right like they're like a grass processor i mean you definitely have a point there there's small numbers of people and are they even really civilization i mean because they didn't settle they were still nomadic nomadic. they drink fermented horse milk why not so they got something it sounds terrible (laughs) it sounds sounds like the worst thing i could think of (laughs) (laughs) yeah it sounds awful but if you were a, a nomad you got to get fucked up somehow. Like, fuck it, I'm bored. I'll drink this old horse milk. Sure, every civiliza- civilization needs a food source, right? That's ultimately what he's saying here. Like, they need a food source that can keep and can feed a lot of people and be grown a lot more, like, densely per square foot or whatever mm-hmm. you want to measure of farmland. Sure, but that doesn't fucking necessarily mean it's because of alcohol. No, I disagree with that, too. Because... Obviously, even though I'm sure people really liked the very shitty beer that they brewed, you know, it was better than, you know, going through English. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they still, I, I would have to assume that growing enough food to feed people, just plain feed them, that's going to be more important than the beer. Absolutely. Because the first year you put all your grain production towards beer is yeah. the year everyone starves. Yeah, I agree. So I think ultimately... Well, Nate and I nitpick about what civilization is or whatever. We both disagree with the book that oh, yeah, it was, beer is what made civilization develop. Agree. Good. Did he really say that? I honestly don't remember. He said beer was what made civilization. Basically alcohol production. He, in fact, probably spent more time trying to prove that particular point than any other point in the book, but he didn't spend that long trying to prove it. So. No, he doesn't actually, going back to what pop history is, he doesn't actually try to prove any point very well. He, he gives you like funny stories. Yeah, it's anecdotal, which is not you know, the best backbone of research. So then he goes into a bunch of different uh, civilizations. Uh, let's talk about this one that he's talking about. We don't have to go in order, right? No, no well, we can order. do, well, <laughs> we should, we it, should it talk about vaguely, first. Vaguely, uh, Vague, chronologically, vaguely kind chronologically, kind of. No, we don't have a, we, don't no, have a we, don't, we need another beer. So you know what? We'll just open this and then we'll be drinking it when we talk about Greece. So there we go. Oh my God, that looks like, that's pink. That's pink. It is. You this, brought this, Nate. This beer is called More Juice Than Zeus. It is a Berliner with pink guava and tangerine. Ooh. Now, does that mean that this beer has more juice than Zeus does, or <laughs> is it more juice than Zeus percentage-wise? 
I don't understand the second uh, option. No. <laughs> is there more juice in this than there is Zeus in this? Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> like, what does this mean? They'd have to put Zeus in quotes if there wasn't yeah. Zeus in it. <laughs> that smells tart. Oh, and if you, if we were a video show, you'd see Nate recoil like <laughs> God, like John Hurt in what Alien. What have I done? <laughs> this is an interesting smell, gentlemen. The beer has gone bad. It is not good. It's just it's like oh, it tastes like the Kool Aid guy's I'm sweatshorts. Not, I'm not going to do this again. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it doesn't taste right. <laughs> Did it go bad? No, not at all. It's just super tart. It's actually not that tart. I think like. like is it well, I, I, always with these tart beers, the first sip is awful. All right, I'm going to give it a second gotta, try. Let's then you have it. to, but once you get, once you've like, your palate adjusts to the tartness, it, you can actually taste some. As I sweat my fucking taint off right now, I'm just going to drink more of it. The, the second, the second one is a little better, but it's still fucking interesting. You do get the fruit, though. Oh, it's <laughs> definitely more juice than any Zeus I've ever known. <laughs> it is very fruity. I, I don't know what a pink guava tastes like. I don't know what a non-pink guava tastes like. I think, I don't know what guava tastes like, but <laughs> if it had some fucking sweetness to it, it would taste a lot better than this. Yeah, this is really tart. It could be tart as well as fucking tangerines. That's like a tart thing, isn't it? Doesn't that just basically taste like orange? It's like a sad orange. <laughs> so it's a midget orange. It's like a, it's like a grapefruit orange, where it's like, oh, I hope I got this orange. And you're like, no, it's a tambor- tangerine, not tambourine. That's a different thing, too. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a big disappointment. Like if, if you pull back the peel and inside was a tambourine, <laughs> like, how did they do this? <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> um, that's I where they come from. I think I do taste the tangerine a little bit, but still, it's just the, like, sourness that just hits you. If you're into sour beers... This would be fantastic, I'm sure. It's it just not smells, my thing. If only Eric was here. It smells <laughs> kind of terrible. It does have a funkiness to the smell that you don't really notice the fruit it's, smell there. It smells old. Well, we are talking about history, Jimmy. Oh, well, fuck. Okay, then it's appropriate, I guess. But I don't want any more <laughs> of it. <laughs> so what's important about the Egyptians in this book? They had a lot of orgies. They were the ones that literally had festivals where everyone would literally just get entirely drunk, like incredibly drunk really fast and they'd have huge orgies and it was like really cool if you had a kid from that and the kid was considered like sacred and blessed because you had it during a sex orgy drunkenness debacle mm-hmm. yep. and then they'd wake everybody up while they were still fucked up I was like keep fucking stop <laughs> well as soon as the priest quit you know finished masturbating in a corner I'm like all right i need more material <laughs> no they hadn't had the kids yet <laughs> i bet they were allowed to uh allowed to participate I'm sure Probably. if everyone else was super goddamn drunk, who knows what's going into your holes or yeah. what hole you're going into. It was a weird custom. They really didn't cover that in the pyramids section of history class. Yeah, in middle school. <laughs> like, and then they built the pyramids and uh, irrigation was important. Actually. And lots of orgies. But they hey, probably on. did because how else would we know about this? Well, like, I think he's just I mean, talking like about like, we studied Egypt in yeah. school. Oh, right, yeah. Like, we did, we oh, didn't yeah, learn the sure. part. People would have definitely paid more attention when you were little. I like, think so, too. Wait, yeah. what? Mm-hmm. Triangle buildings? All right. But drunk orgies? <laughs> okay. They're just fucking triangle buildings. It's not that impressive. <laughs> they're very large triangle. I mean, <laughs> they're the really great, big triangles. The Great Pyramid was the tallest structure on Earth for 4,000 fucking years. Until the Eiffel Tower yeah. was built. Well, I feel like people just weren't trying. I mean, it's a <laughs> that's ma- partly true. Yeah. No one was trying to beat. I mean, even in terms of mass, I don't know how many buildings are actually could be considered larger than that to this day. It's very big. It has like 1.2 million blocks of stone. It's not it's the not world's Lego biggest Cubert stage. Cubert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they had these crazy orgies, and I guess that's probably true because actually, since the Rosetta Stone, Egypt is very well understood culturally mm-hmm. versus well, some of the other things he talks about in the book, can, which like, are read all the hieroglyphics and shit. Yeah. As people like. 
at these parties and they're just visibly puking in the hieroglyphics, just like binging and purging on booze. And like they have attendants there like, here, take care of the lady. She's puking. And fuck her when she's done puking. Yeah. Or plug it up with your peen. With your peen. So, all right. That's a cool story. Sure. They're all cool stories. And then we move on to ancient Greece. Oh, and we, had a, we have a beer for that in our glasses. Yeah. Zeus. He's from Greece. Mm-hmm. And in Greece, they drink wine, yeah. not, uh, not beer. That's because of the agriculture. The, the climate, of, yeah, sure. Because Greece is uh, super rocky. It's like mostly mountainous. You can't actually grow wheat well, very easily. of grain. So the things they grow a shit ton of are olives, uh, grapes, sodomy. Uh, they, they do a lot of that. Yeah. I don't think that grows, though. They do that while they're still growing. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what I meant. That's, that's it. <laughs> he even did make a joke about that, I think. Sure. He talks about boy fucking a lot. Because it was yeah. a big part of Greece. That's why the country is called that. You got to grease up. <laughs> <laughs> the ass is not self-lubricating. It's hell ass. That's when, you're, when they're it's, done. It's hell on your ass. <laughs> and they invented democracy, you know, 4,000 years ago, and they haven't shut up about it since. It's the last impressive thing they did. And actually, it didn't last very long, Athenian democracy. It's like two generations. And then they were like, fuck that. Back to a king. Right? It didn't last very long. No. And then they got taken over by the Romans. And then that was it. Yeah. Yep. As the Rom- same fate happened to the Egyptians, by the way. Indeed. And then the Romans ran it into the ground. <laughs> well, Egypt became the personal property of the emperor. It was the emperor got to, like, own Egypt. That's nice of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Egypt is also fabulously wealthy because the Nile is just the tote's greatest river. <laughs> it's a real top-notch river. It is, it is the most dank. <laughs> All the best steamboat casinos there, but it floods. It's like very, very like chill river. It floods very predictably and not crazily. So life there was pretty easy for the ancient world. I mean, sure they had slavery and drunken orgies. Well, that might have been cool. Those slaves didn't build the pyramids. They were they were actually workers. People were paid. Uh, I mean, we'll never know exactly. That's uh, I'm not sure. There's, there's probably a, a ton mix. of evidence for that either way. There's been archaeological sites of like workers' homes. Outside of the pyramid. Well, they had to live somewhere. Slaves, Slaves have homes. They don't own them. Well, I mean, just because the workers' home doesn't mean they owned it. No, I think evidence is pretty... I mean, we don't know how they built them, but it was more specialized labor than slaves. Slaves are actually not very good at building things that they don't know how to do. Like, yeah. They're good at, like, carrying rocks. They might have done that part of it. Do they, like, like wet the sand in front of it? And then, like, make a ramp. Yeah, and then, like, to, like, get, like the... The roadies? Like a suction thing or something? I don't know if I can know. Uh, I mean, there's a couple different theories about how they did that part of it. I don't know which of those is right. I don't even know all of them. According to the History Channel, it was aliens. That's true. Oh, right. Forgot about that. But not so, slave aliens. Because humans no. can <laughs> figure out how to build triangles. <laughs> Free aliens, not slave aliens. If you want to know more about that, watch Joe Rogan's show. Or listen to it. Because <laughs> I've totally heard him talk about this, but he disparaged it. But was it uh, ancient aliens? Yeah. yeah. I mean, they had a... Humans couldn't figure out triangles, therefore aliens must have done this. Yeah, there's no way... People could figure out how to stack rocks. They did four-sided buildings. When you told them about triangles, they're like, no, nah, man, that can't be. What are you like, talking about? They're stacked very neatly. <laughs> That's basically yeah. mm-hmm. how the argument goes. Like, and they're, like, they're near a star because there's a fucking trillion stars. Yeah. It's going to be near one. And the Egyptians had eight billion gods. So I'm sure you could find one god whose name kind of looks like what that star is called or something weird. And then there you go. Illuminati. a lot of gods. Okay, so Greece... Uh, one thing to say about Greece is that not only did they have a god of wine, not that he was the first god of drinking, but Dionysus. they literally didn't trust people that didn't drink. Oh, yeah. That I was like a that. weird one. Like, if you didn't drink, they were afraid of you. They, and in their myths, they would actually murder you. They, they'd murder you, yeah. I know a guy who... Um, this is a weird segue. 
<laughs> no, who's, who's, he's uh, he's from Poland, and uh, that's why I could say the p word. And he, you know, a guy from <laughs> Poland, so but he has like a you know a thick accent. And he, we were like drinking, and he's like, and some we were at like a, a gathering of a lot of people there, and it, pretty much everyone's drinking. And someone's like, no, I don't drink. And then as soon as that guy walked away, my Polish friend was like, you cannot trust a man who doesn't drink. <laughs> I was like, all right, that's weird. But he sounded like a James Bond villain because of his accent, <laughs> and I can't do. And I was like, that's that's deep. And I was like, twenty one at the time. I was like, I also don't trust a man who doesn't drink because I do it all day, and I trust me. I trust me hard. <laughs> so yeah, the Greek. I mean, sure, the Greeks, the Greeks did some weird stuff with uh, wine, and, and they had they had parties where you really, you know, where the philosophers would get together and talk at a sort of like a dinner party, but it had a very strict rules, and you had to get so incredibly demolished at them. Though the Romans also, and we're going to get there pretty soon, but um, you really, really had to drink very, very heavily, and apparently Socrates could drink as much as he wanted and not get drunk. Bullshit. Yeah, probably. Because we don't actually know anything about Socrates. Unless it was except what Plato he drink that. Except it was him luck, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we don't know anything about Socrates except what Plato said about him. Because Socrates that, didn't write anything down. And whatever he did in Bill and Ted. <laughs> so great. <Ted. laughs> I don't know if we could trust Plato. He's named after a clay. He's named after a dinnerware. <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah, I mean these are cool stories. I have no beef with the Greek one, partially because I don't know that much about ancient Greece. But so I don't know how true that story is, you know, how, how widespread that practice was. But it makes it seem, it's a cool, like, story. That's, that's kind of the theme for the whole book. Cool story. People like to get trashed. And they do it in unique cultural ways. Okay. A lot of it's just lying down and drinking, though. Which is, we've evolved to, usually we sit when we drink now. So, fuck them. Progress. <laughs> we can Soon, make, one we day we'll stand. We could make one of those ascent of man pictures where we're just <laughs> <laughs> laying down, drinking, sitting up, drinking, standing up, drinking, and eventually laying down. And then again. laying down. Again. <laughs> yeah, that's how it ends. <laughs> it's like a symmetrical. You know, like a, it's a circle of life. Yeah. <laughs> you do it as a circle. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly how you do it. Crawling has to be in there. That's probably right before you lay down again. <laughs> so, all right, fine. I, I have no beef with that. It's a cool story. I mean, if you like. It's an easy book to read. It's, it's short. It's, yeah, it's very short. It's engagingly written, and it's just these fun little stories. Go it's for it. easily, a lot of history books, it's just they're so fucking dense that when you read it, you're like, okay, I have a vague understanding of this now. I don't remember any finer points right. at all. This one, you can kind of remember like the gist of each chapter after you read it. Like, oh, okay, yeah, they kind of did this. Right. But my criticism, one of my criticisms of the book, though, is that, sure, you have a vague, you have this idea about this one thing, but it actually gives you no real image of import about those people. No, yeah, certainly. Like, he gives you no... There's no context. Con- exactly. There's no context to understand, like, the culture of the Greeks. And that's not the goal of this book, but it just makes it... It just seems silly to me. And maybe that's just because I'm a history nerd that I I think frustrated I think that, that gen- I think, yes, you're going to have a more critical opinion of it because of that. I think most people will be like, this is fun, and, you know, sure. any amount of knowledge is impressive. Sure. Well, Nate's a history nerd, too. What do you think? I Am I just being a dick? I, I thought it was definitely an entertaining book, but yeah, you know, I would say, though it is definitely not a very rigorous history book for people who just don't read at all and haven't learned any history since they were in tenth grade. This would be a huge step up for them in terms of what they're learning. And even though it's not all accurate or or vastly oversimplifies a ton of things, it would still be a huge improvement over knowing nothing. True. I think this is the kind of book a dopey person would read and be like, I am ready now to discuss at cocktail parties. <laughs> like Now they know some shit. Like, I have some cool stories to tell about alcohol. 
That's mm-hmm. about the most you're going to really get out of it, though. Yeah. I think it's, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it purports to be anything more. So our next beer g- yep, goes with the Rome chapter. And this is called Citrus Maximus. Uh, Rome puns. Actually, it's called My Name is Citrus Maximus. Oh, so it's like a gladiator reference, too? Probably. It's by River Horse, which is what hippopotamus means. This would be very entertaining. What kind of a, let's see, 6.2% alcohol. What, what is this? Looks IPA-ish. A white grapefruit and passion fruit India pale ale. Mmm. I get a little bit of grapefruit. Yeah. I could, I could detect some fruit. I'm not sure if it's passion or grapefruit. They're both kind of bitter or tart flavors, I should say. Jimmy, what do you think? That's pretty bitter. Ooh. The aftertaste is, I think, even more bitter. Yeah, it does have a lingering kind of aftertaste. I, I don't mind grapefruit, so this isn't too bitter for me. Helps me stay regular. This is an interesting beer. I kind of wish it had more of something. You just said more. No, not more volume, but not more flavor. It's not really yeah, not that strong. That's what I, yeah. That's what I mean. Like strong. more of the grapefruit, more of the IPA stuff, or more of the passion fruit. Or more gladiators. The previous beer was so intense that this one, yeah. in comparison, just seems weak. It's a fine IPA. I'm not saying it's bad. I just I It would not survive the Coliseum. <laughs> Though most people actually did survive in the Colosseum. It was not standard to kill people. Gladiators were specially trained. You don't want to... If you kill a gladiator, 50% of the gladiators die on a daily basis. It's gonna, That's a lot of gladiators, It's going to be yeah. difficult to keep replenishing them. I mean, there were matches that were actually advertised as fights to the death in Rome, but the majority were not uh, murder, murderous things. Can you imagine if American gladiators had death in it? That's the only way I'd watch that like show. They're on, they're on the, like the giant Q-tip... Battle, <laughs> and they push them off, and it's like spikes below it, like in Mortal Kombat. Like yeah, the show would be so intense. <laughs> be awesome. So, Rome. The thing that was the Rome was like they had these like sort of like I guess sort of like a salon, or like people would hang out at a rich dude's house and sit on couches. But the point was all about status. Like, they really, you made were Rome's there to be dicks. Yeah, they really did. They were, like the you were either the rich, super duper rich person hosting the party. Or you were there just to suck up to the rich person hosting the party. But there was a hierarchy in the bitches. Mm, yeah. They would invite one person just to shit on them. Like, like a roast. You're, the, you're the shittiest person here. And everyone knows it because the shittiest person here is chair. Enjoy <laughs> this meal, fucker. And you get no alcohol. And the slaves have been instructed to give you nothing. Even the slaves are like, that guy sucks. He's <laughs> yeah. a slave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, basically. And then the, the, uh, the host would drink wine that only some people got and talk about how good it was. <laughs> it's such a dick thing. It's like who fucking who would go to a second one of those parties? How does this how did this come to be like a normal course of events that this is like oh yeah, that's what we do. We well, invite a guy to shit on for the whole meal. <laughs> it's like every every day is dinner for schmucks. Yeah, wow, exactly. <laughs> but the the Roman society was extremely class like class based. So I guess people were if you got shit on well enough, or you like took it well, maybe you could kind of make your way up onto the onto the couch, bitch. or you just got richer. Because the pay, the rich dudes yeah. gave money away pretty free handedly. It sounds like it was a very weird place to be. I didn't. Nothing about it really makes any sense. No, and they didn't wear togas most of the time. That's also true too. Togas were like dress clothes, and then your toga showed your class like what color toga you had and stuff like that. Like no one could wear a purple toga. That was only the emperor. That's only Prince. To Toga Picta, I think it was called. Yeah, Prince, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was Rome. I mean, 
Fine. Yeah. They didn't. Fine. They didn't have vomitoriums. They would vomit beforehand to make. Actually, space. there is a vomitorium. It's the so vomitorium are the hallways or like the exits in the Colosseum because uh, yeah. people would exit out of them like they were being vomited out of. So there really was a vomitorium, but it was not for people to go puke in. Yeah, yeah. that was an Egyptian. The real Romans had a convivium to go puke in, basically different, differently named Rome, and they definitely did plenty of puking. Just gotta, gotta, you know. Lay about, eat till you puke, shit on the poor guy at the table, <laughs> do it all again the next day. No, you would you would puke so you could drink more. I mean, I mean, people no. still do that. <laughs> Who among us has not done that once or twice? You don't do it so that you can drink. You just happen to think, oh, I can drink again now. Yeah, same effect. <laughs> all right, so yeah, that's like that's a fine story. I had no beef with that. And then um, next is the Dark Ages chapter, which yeah. Mike. Definitely fucking had some like. serious beef what with. What is the whole beef with how the Dark Ages themselves aren't really a thing? Well, that is true. I think that that is... Well, that's like a, a Renaissance invention. That's a... What was it? To make themselves look better. Uh, yeah. Is it Erasmus? No. Petrarch. Petrarch, thank you. Yeah. Who coined that term because like, Rome was awesome and we're awesome. Everything in between was not. It was dark. Now, sure, in some senses... Because, like, people forgot how to make cement for 200 years or something like that. <laughs> for a thousand years. And, like, all sorts of, like, Roman inventions were kind of lost. Like, aqueducts fell into disrepair and stuff like that. Sure, that happened because the the Visigoths and their ilk were stupid. But there was plenty of stuff that happened. You know, like, we think of it like Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Like, bring out your dead. Like, that's the entire vision just, of the middle. Just the Black Death for a thousand years. And the Black Death was only, like, four years. <laughs> just four years and a third of it. No, it was, it was actually longer than that. The because it kept coming back. Well, yeah, but once the, it was introduced, the, the it kept coming back. The famous one every is thirteen forty-seven to thirteen fifty-one. Yep, that's like the big one. And then like there are other little, but there was also plague in Rome. Yep, plague just in the big black death. <laughs> yeah, so plague, common thing, not limited to the Dark Ages. Illiteracy, not really limited to the Dark Ages either, because most mm-hmm. people in the ancient world were illiterate. Just a few specialized people were illiterate. That's Stuff was invented. Still is. <laughs> that's why our our listenership is not as high as you would think it would be. <laughs> Um, but about yeah. where I think it should, I think it would be. Actually, I want to make one point about that. So a couple of weeks ago, I went to Rome and took a day trip over to Pompeii. And one of the remarkable things about Pompeii, because it was completely buried in the space of a couple of hours, all the walls are covered in writing. Like it was apparently it was close to an election. They were about to have a you know local election there, Do and all the walls are covered the walls? No, in red paint. Oh, it was they're all okay. It was just, it's literally graffiti, all covered in just. Red paint all the outside of the buildings, and the and they would and the things are written there like um, you know, vote for me because I'll provide free olive oil or <laughs> vote for no. Literally, <laughs> the way you ran for office there is you promised pe- the people stuff and you would give it to them. That hasn't changed. Stuff, yeah. Interesting. Thanks, Romans. <laughs> but you would be paying for it yourself rather than you're bribing them to vote for you before the election rather than bribing them after you get elected. Uh, okay. With subsidies and yeah, with and pork, and pork barrel spending. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like middle school elections where you hand out candy. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> yes. But they're covered in writing, and if only a few people could read and write, they wouldn't bother doing that. Well, actually, only a few people could vote. Also true. And I mean, also in Pompeii is where we have some of the only, if not the only, surviving scrolls from Rome, because whatever they wrote on the papyrus stuff that doesn't last forever. So most of it's been destroyed, especially after the Christians went and burnt everything that wasn't about Jesus in the 300s. There are, you know, some homes had like libraries, essentially like a bookshelf with dozens or maybe even a few hundred scrolls of shit, you know, like poems by this, you know, Ovid and stuff like that. I'm not sure it's Pompeii, actually, because one thing... Or Herculaneum, one of those two Vesuvia cities. 
Oh, when I was there, they said everything of wood because they were, just did not survive. Like the wood over the two, over like two thousand, almost two thousand years like of being buried. Well, probably a lot of it did burn actually because the ash is extremely hot. But also it burned or it just decayed away because it's not you know treated with anything. So the wood didn't survive. So I would I would think that scrolls. So maybe, probably maybe, maybe the scrolls were like in there. a box that was covered. So there are Possible. some scrolls that were like charred and like. I don't know if it's IBM or like some of these like high techie companies have figured out ways to like unravel them without fucking just, you know, just crumbling to cinders hmm. and reading what's on them to like recover <clears throat> some random lost place and crap like that. So I'm pretty sure it's from Vesuvius, one of those two, because I read a, a thing about that at some point. But sure, not everybody, I mean, they probably, maybe they had a higher literacy in some places, but Pompeii was also a fairly wealthy place mm-hmm. compared to, you know, other parts of the Roman Empire. Also, fun fact, they had more brothels than bakeries. Well, how much bread do you need? Well, that's where you go to get the yeast. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's also like uh, loaves of bread preserved in Pompeii, right? Like I remember... Um, Probably a few prostitutes there, too. There were like communal bakery sort of things, like uh, like an oven that you can go use because who the fuck has a bread oven in the, every one of their little villas? And so people would make their own bread and just bake it there. I don't feel to pay for it. I remember my tour guide saying this when I went to Pompeii. And people would like make their own little like s- symbol in the dough. So when it was done, you're like, no, no, that's my bread. I drew the snake on it, dick. Give that back. <laughs> and some of those were, you know, being baked when Pompeii yeah, then they were, was buried. They got really, got overly done. Yes. It was very overly done. Burned all the bread. Uh, which is amazing because Pompeii took like 10 hours for that all shit to happen. Like people were mm-hmm. fucking stupid. Oh, yeah, they were really dumb. They're like 90% of people actually fled, but people were like, man. It'll be fine. I guess everyone, everyone had that like, attitude like, it can't happen again. <laughs> like, had it happened before? Uh, well, there had been a big earthquake about 15 years or so earlier that had fucked up the city pretty bad. And then everyone was like, not going to happen but it wasn't again. Vulcan's not mad at us now. fire this time. Well, it rained mm-hmm. ash, really. Yeah, And ash. super, super hot air. And what's really fun is the ash, when you inhaled it, uh, it turns into cement essentially when it's wet. So when it goes into your lungs, it would basically fill with cement, and you would suffocate in a matter of instance because it was also you know mm-hmm. yeah. two, three, four hundred degree well, air hitting you. It's wildly depressing. It's pretty vile. <laughs> pretty pretty awful. So uh, <laughs> I mean, fine. Yeah, I mean, I guess he does a cool thing here, like dispelling the vomitorium myth that your middle school teacher probably told you. You know, but mm-hmm. and and the Romans were dicks to each other. Not surprising because they were dicks to everybody else. That's true. And then we get to... Uh, dark Ages. The Dark Ages. So the Romans fall, and then the Christian church, because there's only one at this point, the Catholic church, whatever, becomes the king shit. And then the guy argues, Forsyth argues that like the only reason monasteries developed was because it was, one, safe from getting raped and pillaged by the you know Goths and the other German tribes, and two, because they had beer. That is a gross oversimplification. That's very... Very, very, that was a childlike simplicity. I mean, it's, it's more simple than when your middle school teacher told you what feudalism is, and they're like, so the first son would live on the farm, and the second son became a knight. Like, more, yeah, and the third son became a priest. Like, <laughs> I remember my teacher, I'm like, writing that in my notebook. Oh, third son, thank God I'm the oldest. I get the farm. <laughs> That's how simplified his take on this is, and I happen to be interested in this period of history, so maybe I know more about it than the average person. But yeah, Absolutely. If you know anything, you know more than the average person. <laughs> but he's talking about these tribes and how they, they, you know, the Visigoths and whatever, they'd go around and they'd murder people and destroy things, which they absolutely did. But that's not why people joined the Catholic church. it's not every day all the time. No, it's not. It was occasionally. And then they'd like, this is mine now. I'm king of this. 
pay me taxes. They kind of like quickly turn into, you know, bureaucrats and like standard, what we think of as like civilization to return to that theme kind of governments. Mm. But it's also not why monasteries became a thing. Like he kind of ignores the importance of how, of religion and people's lives in the ancient world. The only good thing they had going for them, some of them. Yeah. That's, Life was shitty. That's one of the main reasons the Catholic Church or the Christian Church did became so popular well. in Rome. Because the Romans, the, the pagan Romans, didn't believe in like a good afterlife. The afterlife was kind of crappy. It was just it every, was everyone, everyone circles in the river of the dead thing and they're all just sad. I mean, it's, you, just, you just sit there and are shitty. It sucks. Or you don't go anywhere. Or if you are like really awesome, you go to like what the Elysian Fields or something like that. But then the Christian's like, no, no. When you die, no matter how shitty your life is, in fact, the shittier your life is, the better it is later. People are like, well, I already worship a sea god. I'll What's go along difference? with your Jewish carpenter. That's fine. So the, religion was extremely important to people in the Middle Ages, which is one of the reasons why the church was so powerful. Not because they fucking provided beer. All right, Middle East. Sure. So um, not a ton to say about the Middle East. A lot East, of boy fucking. Except that... Um, Good According to him, uh, uh, drinking is banned in the Quran because of a fight two people had one time. It's and then Muhammad said, I mean, I'm paraphrasing here. Uh, but then he did say, after, you know, in, all, in the uh, Muslim you know, empires, the leaders... The, the sultans who, who, and caliphs, or yeah, all the guys who were like kept, super hypocritical. Yeah, because <laughs> they kept banning alcohol as a show of religious faith, but they drank so heavily was, all the time. Was this the guy that made the Lake of Booze? Was that in this chapter? I don't remember that. Um, no, that no, was China. That, that was China. And then, like, forced people to drink it, right? Yeah. And then laughed when they yeah. died. <laughs> yeah, that was China. <laughs> I, mean, I, I think those are more legend, but I really hope those are true. <laughs> but you talk about how the, the uh, I forgot the writer's name, the poet who'd write drinking poems. Yeah. And they'd be like, so I went to a brothel and I fucked a fair young girl or boy and drank wine and it was really good. And then I went home. So those like are all Maya the poems. Angelou. <laughs> yes, that's. Is that E.E. E. Cummings? <laughs> well, he's doing some Cummings, but into Young Horse. So that, I mean, again, that's another period I don't know anything about. I don't know anything about Nuwaz was his name. All right, let's, so let's just skip ahead to... The, the Vikings? Probably the Vikings. Next. Minnesota Vikings? Definitely the Vikings, yep. We can get Speaking back to China. Vikings. Oh, my God, that looks, that looks wonderful. That does look nice. Oh, oh yeah. All right, Nate, you brought this. What is this? This is called Drop of the Hammer, and it definitely has Thor, although comic book Thor on it. That's real Thor. <laughs> the real Thor, yeah. Because <laughs> there is a real Thor. <laughs> I just mean he's not like pictured as a Norse god so much as he's wearing a like bright blue leotard and has a winged helmet. No, yeah, and is wearing a like metallic pink metal helmet with hops for hair. So, so the, the Vikings did not wear horned helmets. That's a total bullshit thing invented. I mm-hmm. want to say by Wagner. I think it was Wagner, yeah. Because he was like, listen, we want to make sure you kind of look like the Jews that I hate. Here are your horns. I mean, there is a character in the ring cycle. Wagner, Richard Wagner is the um, German... Hitler's favorite. Hitler's favorite. Yeah. But I mean, his music is really good, and he was an anti-Semite. Did he do Ride of the Valkyries? Yes. That's from, I forget which of the four operas in the ring cycle, mm. but because um, it's about 19 hours long altogether. Oh, that, well, I guess if he didn't have much to do back then. And there's a special... Uh, Bayreuth is a special um, opera house that he designed specifically for performing his works like he had so he mm-hmm. and his stuff is based in part on Norse mythology but there's also also a character who like finds the special gold 
and he's the stereotypical Jew. Like he's a hook-nosed, he curly-haired, sallow little man who's greedy. And it's like that. What do you I, mean he finds the special gold? I forget who belonged to the Valkyries or some, somebody's gold, dwarves gold. I forget who's. But I remember <laughs> in music history in college, a professor who had a distinctly Jewish name was telling us this, and he's like, "So he looks like he's short. He has curly hair. He has a big hook nose. He has yellowy skin." He's, I realize I'm just describing myself. <laughs> and everyone was like, what? Are we supposed to laugh at that? And he's like, I'm not insulting anyone else here. None of you are Jews. But that's what this was. And I was like, oh, my God. When was Wagner? Wagner died in like 1880s. Okay. 83 years, 1883, something like that. Back in the day. Oh, yeah. He did write a book called The Jew in Music or a pamphlet about why Jews can't be good composers. Because they're not... So he was pretty explicit about these beliefs. Well, <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Do you know why? It's because, and this is the age of nationalism, he said because the Jews are like Jews first and like German second or so Italian they can't second. write strong so, nationalist so they, music. Exactly. Because yeah. they hold allegiance to no one. And he was like writing the, the Teutonic German music. So he believed that that was what you had to do. It's a good thing Germany got over those beliefs. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing they did not adopt that at all. So anyway, this beer, it's called Drop the Hammer and it is clearly an IPA. Though, it's with it? guava in there, I think. Is it on the can? I read it. It's double dry opt. It's also, um, it looks like yellow bile. No, it's like really it thick. It looks like apple cider. But like unfiltered, you yeah. went to the farm stand, apple cider. Mm-hmm. But it does not taste like that. It's pretty good. It's got a very, something. there's some sort of weird little hint of something aftertaste. I can't tell what the fuck it is. I imagine it's a that's very strong hop finish. It could just be that. Then, yeah. I mean, it's a double dry hopped mango guava IPA. That is I have to start eating these fruits so I know what they taste like. Did you ever see that Som, Sommelier documentary on Netflix? No. It's called Som, and it's about these four dudes taking the master Sommelier test. I can't even say that fucking word, right? Sommelier. Sommelier. Somalia Somalia is a country, guys. It's where pirates come from. Somalia. (laughs) So there are these four dudes taking this test, and they're like, it has consumed their lives for years to prepare for it. And, you know, because you have to, like, do this intense written test where they're going to ask you about, like, Romanian wines and shit like that. It's absurdly detailed. So you could serve wine at an expensive restaurant. That's, I mean, they do other things, too, but it's crazy detailed. But for the tasting thing, they're interviewing some people who have passed this test. And they're like, oh, you got to have, you know, to keep your nose sharp and your palate sharp, you have to kind of go to the market regularly and look at and smell and taste different things so you can, like, remember those tastes and those smells when you want to describe things. That makes sense. You know, like, what was that other, that wine movie, Sideways? It's like, hmm, it's this raspberry jam and a hint of goat cheese. Like, he's, like, pulling all these, and they're like, tastes pretty good to me. <laughs> tastes like wine with a, some old grapes. Yeah. But, you know, that, that sort Somebody of... left these grapes out too long. <laughs> so what do you think of this, Nate? I finished it. I need more. Oh, that's, what I think. that's a good There sign. you go. Looks like drunkenness is not uh, just our history, but our future. Our past, present, and future. Yeah, we're <laughs> stepping out of the time continuum. It's just perpetual. I say, Kings, we have to try to go to this brewery, Kings County Brewers Collective. That's got to be Brooklyn, right? Yeah, it's Brooklyn. I don't know where Troutman Street is in Brooklyn, but they make some damn good beers. KCBC. They have very elaborate cans. They look like, it looks always like super intense comic book art. Yeah, this is a really, really colorful detail. This it, one is it, even more comic book than Thor, but the other ones are all like... The same style. I think style. he's smashing open a guava with his hammer. I wish I knew what a guava looked like. Uh, a guava, isn't that? Um, we had a pink guava before. I don't know what a regular guava is. I think it's a green fruit with seeds, if I'm judging from this, because that's certainly not what a, a mango does. It's, look it's very like tropical, and I think when you get like fruit punch, the the taste that they're trying to add to it, like the generic like, like red fruit punch. Yeah, exactly. Mm, Definitely, the guava is one of the things that's supposed okay. to be in there. Not that it is, but that's kind of. What it's emulating badly. 
Uh, red is a delicious flavor, as we learned when we did the uh, Not Your Father's Fruit Punch beer. Which I still have a couple. Maybe, is that a guava then? No, my father is my father's fruit punch was a guava. Is it? If it's uh, the I red mean, one. It was, it was a red one. It was Kool-Aid the beer. So anyway, uh, a couple of fun facts about the Vikings. They did drink mead, of course, but it was very expensive, so only the richest people really drank mead, most of which they actually just kind of drank beer. Would you say that the Viking drank it? He definitely would, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when he was thirsty. <laughs> also, um, Odin only drank only drank alcohol. He didn't eat any food. He didn't drink any water. He didn't do anything. The only thing he did all day was drink I mean, alcohol. He's old. Let him do what he wants. That's why he thought he's cutting out it. his eye would make him smarter. <laughs> <laughs> and his horse doesn't really have eight legs. He's just seeing double. Um, <laughs> he had one raven. <laughs> also, that in the meat halls, like really, according to this, really the stereotypes are totally true, where um, the warriors would just get together, drink heavily, and have, like, boasting contests, and then they would, like, literally, like, kill each other and get in fights and stuff. Uh, also... What, the, uh, the booze? Swear, swearing, on the, swearing on the booze. Mm-hmm. That was really important. And, in, and Valhalla literally is just, like, you just drink all day. You That's fight Valhalla. all day, and then you drink all night. Part of every day. Part of, <laughs> part of every day. <laughs> <laughs> According to this, it really just says Valhalla was a perpetual party. That's awesome. You just drank for eternity. That's what you did. But not everyone gets to go to Valhalla, right? Only yep. like great to die in Yeah, something like that. And the Valkyries have to come fetch you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Take your soul from the battlefield. If you died of old age, it means you were a pussy because you didn't die <laughs> of good stuff. Oh, right, right. right. <laughs> <laughs> you just, you kind of just left you there like, nah. Nah, dude. Put you on an ice flow. Beat it, Bjorn. <laughs> You suck. All right, so next chapter is called The Medieval Ale House. Do we even want to talk about it? They drank ale. No. Yeah. Although, they did talk about how ale and beer are not the same thing because ale doesn't have any hops, which means it goes bad in a day or two. Right. You needed, that, it's one with the ale wives. Exactly. It's during this time that they discovered by putting hops in it, and if you put hops in it and sealed the barrel, it could last for up to a year, which is, you know, way better. Which is why IPA has more hops, apparently. I mean, there's like a vaguely legendary, but British uh, colonists in, in India were like, we want beer, we want pale ale. And they were like, had to put extra hops for it to make the voyage. At least that's the story. I don't know how true that is. That story why, could possibly fit in this book. Absolutely could. <laughs> but he didn't put it in here, which means... <clears throat> that's is, that's is, for is a that moderate a, history. Of, is, that what yeah. a, is that what apocryphal is? Apocryphal is like a story that's totally not true, yeah. Okay. But, but goes with exactly what you think is true. It comes from the, the, the Bible. The, uh, the books that the church was like, those are stupid. Those don't count. Those are the Apocrypha. The other Gospels that are like where Jesus is like a magician, you know, where he does like other, but like really like does other things. Like that's does, not, that does doesn't fit. Parties. That doesn't fit with our thing we're going for. We're going to not use those. Those are not the real ones. That's the extended universe. It's not canon. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I think uh, actually if you read our top five fantasy book series article, I refer to the Apocrypha as the, either like the director's cut of the Bible <laughs> or the extended. The Dead Sea Scrolls. Yeah, we mentioned, we mentioned a bunch of those in there. We did, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. No one has criticized that yet. No. Probably because nobody's seen it. That's not true. That's, that, I posted We've it. We've seen on, it. Yeah, we have <laughs> I showed my wife. She wasn't happy. Uh, oh, yeah? No. She's like, that's not funny. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's fucking... Counterpoint, <laughs> yes, it is. Objectively <laughs> funny. All right, next chapter is the Aztecs. Oh, yeah. So there are a bunch of things to say about this. Although I want to say this kind of had the most interesting single fact, at least for me, in the entire thing, which is where he talks about how anthropologists make the distinction between a dry culture and a wet culture. 
I don't. I remember taking anthropology, and we never talked about that. No, we never talked about that. I took anthropology Maybe too. To we like talked really about. deep anthropology. Is it like that anthropology seems, of drinking? But that seems like very surface level. <laughs> Do they drink or not drink? That's not like let's well, look at their relationship kinship. Uh, anyway, maybe it's not true. Maybe he's really very surface level uh, analysis here. But here, here's what he says: Some cultures, people just kind of drink all day long. Like they have some beer, with, they have some beer or wine with breakfast, a little bit of lunch, a little bit of dinner, and you just sort of like are always drinking a little bit. But you rarely, except for very special occasions, go get entirely super drunk. Whereas, and that's a wet culture, meaning they just have alcohol all the time. And he claimed like Italy, the wet culture. Because he's anyway, because uh, it's a peninsula. There's a lot of water around. <laughs> a lot of water, yeah, <laughs> it's very <Wet>. sweaty. <laughs> uh, and then a dry culture, which is a culture where you only drink. You most of the time you don't drink except for special occasions. But then when you do drink, you get people, or this is like this people in general get entirely, totally demolished, and then don't drink again for like you know a month or more. So our our podcast is kind of like a dry thing then. <laughs> That would imply that you don't drink the other times we're not here. The other six days of the week. So we're just. So what would we be then? Well, I was. I I thought that was a really interesting distinction and a way to think about different cultures, and that's that's why I liked this chapter. But I would say the United States. Actually, I have a fact to back this up. The United States is definitely a dry culture because most people like a binge drinking. Most people who are not in Drug Guys Book Club don't actually drink all the time. They drink occasionally at special occasions. Or an, and then um, notice, if you ever look at the, st- the statistics on, on the people in America who drink, it's like 50% drink never. And then you've got like 30% that drink like one drink at a time, like one drink at a night or, or like Man, three do in a time. week. <laughs> and they drink that. Those are like moderate. And then you've got the last 10% that drink something like 10 servings of alcohol a day. You've got like 90% that, that you've got like 50% that drink not at all. They doing small, all the work. A small portion that drinks very occasionally. The 1% of drinkers. <laughs> and then you've got the last 10%, the last like small group that drinks so much fucking alcohol all the time. It's like, t- it's like 10 servings a day, and which means that the top 1%, because that's 10%, top 1%, you're getting like way, way more than 10 servings a day. I anyway, would say a lot of people just fucking lie when they answer these surveys. Yeah. I mean, maybe. That I seems think like maybe, a lot, So here's the thing. New York City, drinking is much more of a, a culture than, um, than most other places in the Midwest. Most large cities, Most though. large cities, but a lot of people don't live in big cities. What constitutes a serving? A one serving of alcohol. Like a, a so like, like a scientific, like that has one serving of alcohol what, in it. But what is? It's like roughly one glass of wine versus one shot versus one beer, right? Versus, that versus like that? Not, not beer is a serving. But it's not just, it's one like 4% beer. Okay. So yeah, one of these would be 2%, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Two, two, servings. two servings. Actually, I just came back from Europe as well. And they have in England on beers and also Australian beers, I think, they have like this on the label, like this is 2.3 servings of alcohol. Okay. If it's a stronger beer, whatever, it's like a t- larger bottle, a stronger beer, whatever. It's like this is this is two servings. This is one serving. This is and like one point seven servings of alcohol. And every time I was like, no, it's not. It's one, one bottle, one serving. If they wanted to make it more than one serving, they should put it in two bottles. Agreed. Another <laughs> fact that kind of backs this up. I read this yesterday, and I noticed that would fit with this book. Apparently, because there are still some dry counties in the country. Plenty, I bet. Yeah, plenty. Most lot lot in the south and kind of the Midwest. Apparently, and this was according to Wikipedia, the number of drunk driving deaths in dry counties is like more than double. 
than, than everywhere they, else. Because they got to drive to get the booze. Yeah, they drive home with it, yeah. Or I was thinking if it's a dry county, it's more of a dry culture, which means that people, they don't drink all the time, but when they do, they get so incredibly fucking drunk. And Did then, they? and and you know, although all drunk driving is wrong, being slightly over the limit probably isn't nearly as bad as being, you know, hammered way, way like John Bonham level over the limit. <laughs> oh, sorry. We'll save that for the uh, rock and roll book too. I mean, he drank like the levee broke and he was trying to drink up all of the, the yeah, fluids. Personally <laughs> save New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> well, when the levee breaks is Zeppelin song. Yeah. That's the name of the documentary. And where the levees broke was New Orleans. That's, they made a New and Orleans documentary caught with that title. Is that right? Yeah. I about the flood. It. Didn't watch it. It's pretty depressing. I'm sure. Yeah. Like <laughs> uh, so, I, I, you know, it's an interesting thing. Uh, a little fact. It doesn't prove dis- dis- definitively my point, but I think, I I think certainly that there is a lot of evidence that if there's differences in drinking cultures where if you're like a binge drinking culture or a take it easy kind of culture, like in Europe, especially like England and Ireland, they're binge drinking cultures where they'll just go to the pub, have 10 drinks and get shit faced. But in like the hotter countries like Spain and Italy, they'll just have little drinks throughout the day and kind of just take it easy and like vibe, but they don't party hard like that. It's besides very occasionally. Yeah. I mean, they certainly, they certainly party hard, but like it's a totally normal thing in pub cultures to just go and have eight pints. That's not normal. (laughs) Everything's relative. I'm just thinking, honestly, of, of like my experience living entirely in New York and like my friends and family and people I know. The majority of adults I know drink more than three beverages a week. Not, but week? not. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, have you ever been to the doctor and you lie to them about how much you drink? Because I fucking have. I mean, for me, it's weird. Have you done that? They ask, you go uh, in and they're like, downplay have. They're like, so yeah, uh, downplay, would you yeah. say you drink? They're always like, so do you drink alcohol? I'm like, yeah. Uh, sometimes, occasionally, regularly. Sometimes, and then, which is lie number one. And then they're like, uh, well, would you say when you have alcohol, do you have one to two drinks, three to four, or five or more at a time? I'm like, oh, never five or more. Like, I fucking lie right to their face. Or I was like, well, on my birthday, I might have more. And they laugh, and then that's the end of it. And I just, they don't ask any more questions. <laughs> I mean, for, for me, it's like, here, I have a lot. And when I go out, like, you know, on Fridays or Saturdays, I'll have six or seven without thinking. But you do but hard like the rest of, usually. Yeah, but it's, you know, less volume-wise. But also, like, the rest of the week, I don't drink at all. I don't drink at home. I don't even have booze at home. I'm a bad person, I know. <laughs> um, we might have to kick you out. Yeah, you, you, <laughs> you're out of the book club, You suck, dude. bro. I'm a binger. Not a constant stream. But, but you only get better at binging by practicing in the, the other days. I, I would so say tired. I'm not from New York, and most of the adults I know actually don't drink very much. Isn't it tax-free in your state? uh, Actually, and it's lower price, too. (laughs) So you would think there'd be more. But no, I think think most of the country, a lot of people, they just kind of don't drink very much. New York being a major exception to that. Well, I think I college think campuses, smaller, smaller places, it's definitely Irish less. pubs being a major well, exception. You, to that. you go to any, you go to uh, New Orleans, a fucking people you could drink on the street. Oh, yeah, yeah it well, is that's a big awesome. city. It, well, it's a big not, city made for drinking. It's the best. They drive I'm through. Going in October, I'm gonna die. Drive through daiquiri. Stands. Drive through daiquiri stands that only open at that noon. Just seems like a bad idea. <laughs> it's that fantastic. Seems, that seems like a really bad idea. It's like a drinking and heavy machinery play pit. We went. <laughs> 
we were in New Orleans. We went to like we were looking for Cafe Du Monde, the place you can get like, the beignets place. Yeah, and the, and the chicory coffee, which is which is coffee with wood in it. I don't really understand why that's a thing people like. Um, so we got, more fiber. So we went there, and then uh, they, we we like ran like a strip. There's like two two locations. It was like a free kind of freestanding one. There's one that's in like a strip mall, and you're going to the mall one. And then there's like a wine shop that was open at 9 a.m. when we were looking to get a cup of coffee. Like, all right, let's go in here. Free samples. I'm game. And we bought like, I don't know, three bottles of wine and like take back to our hotel room and pound or like bring back here. And I was like, oh, well, with that one, you get a free daiquiri. And then we just had <laughs> styrofoam cups of daiquiris to just drink on the street. My, my cousin is dying in the, the morning. fucking morning. My cousin used to live there. He said happy hour and maybe some other times too. They had four for one drink specials. Oh, my God. This is like you get you buy one you get three others for free. What was that um that bar? Uh, is it by Stony Brook or by Binghamton? That had like the rat. It was called. And it had like fucking nickel beer night or something like that. Like, yeah, I, I went to Stony Brook, so I don't. Like, I don't remember that. I, I got it. It sounds like Binghamton. Went, it might be Binghamton, but it was like maybe twenty five cent beer night or something ridiculous. Like, where like fucking people would die or get beat to death in bar fights. But it was outrageous the cheapness of the booze. They. In Boston, happy hour is illegal because you are not allowed to uh, have temporary drink specials to lower the prices because it, you know, encourages, encourages people to drink. binge drinking because of old timey laws. But there was one bar that would get around it by ordering one barrel of a beer and say, "Oh, we've only got this last one. This one's cheap while it lasts," and they would just order a new one like every <laughs> weekend. That's awesome. In uh, Norway, it's illegal to have sales on alcohol. Period. Like. On your alcohol period, like when your blood's coming out. No, oh but God, that sounds like the worst. You can't, <laughs> you can't have a you can't have a specialty special pricing. Yeah, you cannot have a well. Actually, um, Norway's government controls all alcohol sale except if it's from a bar, and bars can only sell alcohol up to like four and a half percent by volume. So they can sell you like a, a crappy beer. What do you, you drink in a bar? But like, if you want to take a, a big thing in Europe is like takeaway from bars. Like you buy, like you'll go to bars and have two prices, and there's like the price to drink it there, and the price to take it away with you is lower. But you're not allowed like. Yeah, like throughout That's most of the EU. Fucking weird. Well, it's like a place. I mean, it most of the sense. EU, yeah, or just Scandinavia. I, no, no, Scandinavia is not the EU. All right, so let, we maybe we could kind of keep talking about the books. There's like lots of cool stories. Um, he goes like there's a whole lot of shit about gin and how. Oh, right. So there's a whole chapter about gin, and there's some like kind of nonsense parts to it. But apparently, uh, back in ye old England, um, not this old English stuff, but yeah. the old Where English gin, gin that. They used to, uh, like, they started selling gin without taxing it, which means it was a lot cheaper than all the other alcohol, which means people would drink a ton of it, and it would be brewed and then distilled somewhere, and then people would buy it and just start selling it out of their house, but they would distill it again. I don't understand why they would, but anyway, so the gin that they were drinking is literally twice as strong as the stuff you can get anywhere here. Well, most it, was, spirits it was 160 proof. Yeah, most spirits you get, are actually double or triple distilled today. Or Georgie is quadruple distilled because it's fucking awful. <laughs> but uh, what, uh, like, if you go to bourbon, whiskey, uh, rum even, they distill a product that's close to 80% alcohol, and then they actually water it down, which is a weird... I don't quite understand why. It's too fucking strong. But like, why distill it twice then? <laughs> well, because maybe they learned from the women drinking gin in London where... People would get so, especially the poorest of the poor, who would, like they had never had liquor. Do. Yeah, like they would just sort of become the most absurd raging alcoholics, and and um, men and women. And there's one story. This is obviously the craziest part in the whole book, where a woman got so drunk that instead of throwing a log on the fire, 
She threw her baby on the fire. Who was named Log? (laughs) (laughs) With predictable results. And then she was tried and hanged and stuff like that. But that is still, if this is really true, that's the craziest fucking thing I've ever heard. I think, I mean, it's definitely possible. People do some crazy shit when they get drunk. Usually I just pee in the wrong part of the bathroom. Like, I don't, like, that's a sink. What are the other parts of the bathroom? I don't know. I'm tall enough to pee into the sink without trying. (laughs) Or just straight in the shower. Or I just miss horrifically. And if I'm in a public place, sometimes I've been a dig. I'm like, I'm not even going to try right now. I'm so drunk. I uh, deal with this later. But I think also he mentioned like there was like a gin. So which king was it? Was it George III? That was like, everybody grow wheat so we could make Because fuck gin. France. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's it, was the, it, was money Dutch, it was the Dutch king. Oh, because yeah. gin, was, gin is Dutch. Somebody of orange. William of orange? William of orange. That sounds right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and, they're like, and because they used to drink brandy, but they're like, brandy is French, and French people are fucking dicks. Fuck mm-hmm. them. We invented our new booze, and I'm Dutch, so we're all going to drink this now, because fuck France. And everyone's like, yeah, fuck France. Let's drink this other booze. I don't know if that's quite how the economics of grain growing works. To be like, hey, no. grow more grains, and then like, hey, we'll just keep making gin, because what's going to happen? I didn't really get that part at all. I mean, the idea was, because famines would happen in the spring fairly often when, uh, when they were bad harvests, the idea was to increase the harvest like crazy, but use all the extra grain instead of feeding people to just make alcohol out of it. But then in famine years, just not make the alcohol anymore. Oh, so you, just, so have you just have enough okay. extra grain to feed people. I feel like he didn't say it very well then. Because that made way more sense than when he was talking. Yeah, his his understanding of economics is not the strongest. I mean, I don't know what his credentials are, not that he necessarily needs to be a PhD in history, but his other books are like super pop dumb things. They're like, here are some weird obsolete English words. He has like three books of those. BuzzFeed versions of history? Oh, it's a little bit in BuzzFeed, but it's close to it, yeah. But then uh, the people were so, in England, they were such a crazy gin craze that I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of those stores were exaggerated by anti-gin crusaders. Yeah. I mean, I've heard some of this stuff elsewhere, like that they really did just lose their fucking mind about gin for some weird reason. But man, like, I have, at a certain point, you may have heard on the show, you get so drunk, I don't know why you'd want to keep drinking things. And gin, first of all, tastes like ass today. I can't only imagine what it tasted like 200 years ago. It was made in a barrel that some guy teabagged with juniper. juniper moonshine. And then people pounding down it by the pint. Like, there's so a, the, people, the people would die. There's a story. Right? They got a, we, we, we'll pay you three guineas if you drink three pints of gin or something like that. And coming from just drinking like small beer, he was like, yeah, I can drink three pints of that. Yeah. And, and then, then he, he died. fucking died. And then he didn't even get his guineas or, or, or half crowns or whatever stupid money they were using at the time. All right, so gin's crazy, and then he gets into prohibition. Let's have this last shitty beer. Yep, this beer is. Excellent. Although we are skipping the part about Australia, which was kind of funny. That was interesting. Oh yeah, like they I think that provided rum. the most Australian history I've ever heard. Yeah, I, think I so heard too. like it's all convicts. But like, oh, it's a little more nuanced than that, Where, but Aust- still pretty. Cool. Australia pretty was supposed to be this utopia that did not have it didn't have alcohol, but it also didn't have money. But they had to bring some alcohol because they had to pay because the soldiers who were going to go there, the British soldiers, to guard all the convicts. To guard all the convicts, <laughs> they need they were, they refused. They were just not even going to go at all. So they tried to bring bring some alcohol. But once they got there and they set up the colony with all the convicts, and there's no money to pay them, you couldn't get them to do anything except by giving them rum. And so rum literally became the money of Australia for at least like twenty years. That makes that's what sense. they used to pay pay anything i think they still use that right no uh, now they pay in fosters i think they, play, they, oh, they pay in didgeridoos <laughs> uh, i was gonna say dollary dues but <laughs> that would be much better <laughs> if you ever i didn't I, make that up i think that was on 
the Simpsons. You know what? If this uh, podcast thing doesn't work out, we should form a didgeridoo band, and we could be the didgeridoos. It would be a really just, just a really terrible band. <laughs> there you go. Okay. That's it. That's the whole thing. But for 40 That's minutes. all you can do on that. And then we take a break. Then we do set two, where we do more. <laughs> do you know they circular breathe on that instrument? That's how they hold those fucking stupid notes out for someone. Yeah, I know I everyone mm-hmm. could play one. But it, it's, it's like, cool. But after like 15 seconds, like, do something else. Okay, right? n- now what? What else does this do? <laughs> it's, almost, it's like the, uh, the, the musical equivalent. is like, I could type... I, I type in a special typewriter. I just hold the space bar. <laughs> Do you want to read my book? <laughs> All right. So this is another beer. That this is the one I brought for another beer that people only drink to get drunk because it's a piece of shit. I have had it in circumstances where it's like it's a nice like beer for a really hot outdoor day, and all they have is shitty beer. <laughs> well, yeah. There you go. This is Corona Extra. Um, which is imported. Is, so there, you know it's is there a non-extra version? There's a light. There's Corona light. Oh, so extra is just not light. This is regular uh, Corona. Um, I don't know if there, is those there are, a, those are the Corona. only two I've ever seen, a Corona okay. extra and Corona light. I don't know if there's something else. Just baseline Corona. I, I don't know. But Corona is, a, this is La Cerveza Mas Fina. Is that the most fine beer or something like that? I guess. I don't know. You know it's Hecho in Mexico. Yeah. So it must be Espanol. Yeah. Uh, this tastes like fucking nothing. It, yeah, not very strong. It's like a slight sweetness, a little bit of green flavor, not even a whiff of hops. No. It's awful. But it's very hot in Mexico. We can't so, day. you know, makes sense. It is, uh, I mean, I, I understand what you're saying. Like, if you're out mowing the lawn, sure, a really cold one of these is basically water, and you'll be fine with it. I mean, they don't really have a big beer scene in Mexico beyond this. It's like, I guess it's like, it's like in Spain where it's just... Do you have beer? Yes, we have beer. I will up? have the beer. One beer, please. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think... I mean, they're, they're more into mezcal and tequila. I don't know what they drink down in Mexico. All right, so um, he talks about Australia, and then the last thing is about Prohibition, which he mm, totally yeah. fucking misses up. He claims that Prohibition was not about banning alcohol. This was a only wildly different interpretation. Yeah, for sure. Now, uh, he, he, I agree that part of Prohibition was about banning saloon culture, but it was also about banning alcohol because, of course, they were. Because it was pretty direct. Because yeah. they, it, the belief was that too many men were were getting to be heavy alcoholics and going home and beating their wives, and it was, and that's why all alcohol needed to be banned. We need a more manageable number of men who were getting <laughs> drunk and beating their wives. Which I mean, so totally it, reasonable it amount. Clearly, was <laughs> it definitely some, was a thing. Oh yeah, that was definitely a thing. Yeah, I think that's still a thing. Actually, I think it I is too. Like I feel like it's not as bad as it used to be, right? I have to. I have to hope that it's not as bad as it used to well, be. Well, isn't like those things like the rule of the? Is this another the historical myth? The rule of thumb. I, that can't be true. I've, I know what you're talking about. Like it's it, thing, really you think it's not a thing. You can beat your wife with nothing bigger than your thumb. Nothing wider than your thumb. But is it like holding your thumb this way or that? They never say. Yeah. Right. The legal scholars have to determine if it's holding your thumb up, like, like <laughs> good job, or holding your thumb to the side. It's more of a guideline. Than like, a rule. hey, can I get a lift? <laughs> yeah. Right. Like hitchhiking or. <laughs> So I don't agree with that, as you're saying. Like that seems fucking mm-hmm. oversimplified, or just grossly. He's, I think he's being contrarian for contrarian's sake, almost. Like, ooh, maybe it's no. really about not contrarian, but like trying to have a hot take on it, a different take. Yeah, but I've never seen take. anything about that being the real cause of prohibition. Because if that was the cause, why would they outlaw alcohol in every form and method of distribution? Mm-hmm. Yeah, why not just get make some saloons. sort of weird law about saloons? Yeah, like. You can I still yeah. buy booze in a store, but they Or didn't. make your own. You couldn't do that either. Yeah. 
I, I think that was just stupid. But I, th- I see what you're saying. Like, he just wants to have something different to say. Maybe, that, maybe the whole thing was a thesis for that last one. <laughs> like, he had a bunch of weird chatters in the end. It's like, and this is my position point. Doesn't make any Perhaps. sense, but I don't know. I just think, like, everything else in the book, and if I knew more about the other topics, I probably would feel more strongly. Like, everything's just really oversimplified to make it focus just on the alcohol part. Because there's probably just not space in the book to talk about the actually complex and interesting history, historical history things. History books and, are very long. Because they need to be. Well, you know, you could you could you go to a, an academic library and they'll have hundreds of books on just any one of these civilizations, like thousands of books, perhaps for Rome, Greece, mm-hmm. and Egypt, right? Or China actually is a huge body of scholarship too, right? You you'd find tons of stuff about them, and he distills it uh, to uh-huh. like eleven pages or whatever he does, yeah. seventeen pages about their drinking culture. You're going to lose a lot. Of nuance and stuff like that. Why do you have to keep the lake of booze? We didn't even talk about that. I mean, that's all there's to say about it. It was in they, China. The China guy said, I want to make a lake of booze, and they did it, and then everyone died, and he laughed, and then, then he died, I think. Well, he certainly I think that guy's not alive anymore. A lot of those people, a lot of those people he, I think he, even he said, like, some of this is, you know, legendary stuff or, like, he, myths. He, has to, he qualifies that over and over and over again. Well, we don't know how much of this is really true, but here's a crazy story anyway. Wouldn't it be fun? It's like it ask- would be really fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's like asking, uh, like you have a, a vaguely knowledgeable uncle about things. <laughs> That's what this book is like. Here's some story. I think I got this right. Let me tell you it. And you can't, you can't like swear in court that it's accurate. You're just like, I guess that that's a cool story. I like that. Mm-hmm. That's entertaining. I'll probably remember because it's, it's so colorful. Could be true, but there's no reason to know. Like, there's no evidence that it is true. It's just sort of here's a cool myth, but fun book. I will say mm-hmm. I shit on it the whole episode. But it was a fun book. It was fun. I enjoyed it. The stories were funny. Yeah. Nate? Yeah, definitely fun book. I thought it was thoroughly entertaining. And if you've never read a history book or <laughs> learned any history at all in your life, go ahead and read it. You will still learn way more. I think in a world where people don't read a book in a year, I think the number of people who have read a history book is probably way cripplingly lower depressing. <laughs> it's just history majors and then... History minors. <laughs> That's basically it. And then history mi- minors aren't old enough to drink, so they can't read this. One poli sci kids probably had to read one at one point and then never did again. Right. Yeah. For the history class, they had to take it. And then the rest is forty-three-year-old dads reading World War II novels or you know books where they're like whatever Bill O'Reilly wrote. Oh God, <laughs> killing uh, Hitler. <laughs> That's history. Though so they're all they are all completely ghostwritten, so maybe they're not the worst quality. Because he, because he the didn't actual ghost writer, that children's show. About yes, the it's by the ghost, <laughs> yes. the ghost that would like <laughs> type out the mystery that, yeah. clues that, for like, them. Weird collection of cartoon circles. I didn't really get that ghost was. Yeah, it was. It, yeah, was, it was like when uh, people like said, "Look, I took a picture of a ghost, and like there's like a white spot. That's the ghost. Like, no, that's dirt on your camera. You fucking or dummy. Light. Yeah, it reflected off of that thing. Oh, it's definitely a ghost. But yeah, he, yeah, Bill O'Reilly. He wrote his name, and he's like, "How about a? Uh, how about killing uh, me softly, uh, Hitler? <laughs> how about no killing uh, in the name? Je- yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus uh, killing um, the rising sun. Like that's not even a fucking thing. But that's one of the books. It's killing the rising sun. Well, it was unsuccessful. If it was, was that? An, oh well, true. I, <laughs> I think he means the the Japanese. I, I, I am aware. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, so maybe they'll say about this book. Yeah, yeah it's fun. It's a, a cool read. Fun to drink along with at home. You would die. Find one drink for every civilization. Oh my god, oh, we just, tried. Just, it's just wine, gin, 
or some version of beer that doesn't exist anymore. Shitty beer, yeah. And he mentions mead. Mead, yeah. He does. So there's a lot of things that aren't mentioned. Like, the world of spirits is extremely diverse, and I don't know much about it. As we talk about the world of beer, is like burgeoning these days. But beer has been a little more complicated in the past, too, than he makes it out. Like, there's lots of regional types of beer, and certainly wine is crazy complicated. But it's a fun read. It's easy, and you'll learn certainly something. Some cool little story to tell next time you're getting shit-faced. It is, it's a good book of things to talk about while you're getting shit-faced. As we have demonstrated for you today. All right, tell us what you thought. Send us an email to drunkguysbookclub at gmail.com. Or follow us on Twitter at drunkguysbc, as in book club. Or go to Facebook and Instagram at drunkguysbookclub. And please give us a rating on whatever platform you rate us. Just round up to five stars, and uh, we won't throw a baby on the fire if you do that. <laughs> But if you do, we will throw a baby on the fire. Yeah, it's less than five stars. <laughs> that one two-star review on iTunes. It'll be your fault. <laughs> now that you've been warned. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.